Hey, welcome back to Real Estate Brainstorming. Today we have an amazing, amazing podcast and video for you guys. So by the way, if you are listening to the podcast, do not forget to head over to our YouTube channel and subscribe to the Real Estate Brainstorming YouTube channel. So today, by the way, I'm Ryan Huggins, one of your co-hosts here for Real Estate Brainstorming. Hope you guys had an amazing week. It was another amazing week in real estate. And we have obviously a wonderful week ahead of us. So today we're going to go ahead and talk about the iBuyer program and also some uh, 1031 exchange, how that is working. Um, but we have some really, really great articles today we're going to cover on the iBuyer program. Again, I'm Ryan Huggins, real estate agent here in Laguna Beach, California, supporting all of Southern California. And also my awesome and the most amazing guy, Tom Phelan, our co-host. What's up, Tom? Hey, how you doing, Ryan? Yep, another action-packed last week and another action-packed this week. Absolutely. So this is something that's really exciting because um, we haven't really covered this on the podcast yet, but I personally just got certified as an express buyer. So uh, EXP does have a program called Express Offers where you can offer cash offers to sellers. So we're using we're using it for two different ways. One, it's a great way to get in touch and in front of potential sellers, right? So right now it's a seller's market. This is a uh, an entry to talk to these people about, hey, we can do two options when you sell your house, when some companies can't do that. So we have the option to offer you a cash offer right now. You can get out of your home and go where you need to go. Or maybe they've already purchased a home and they need to get out of that house fast. Or we can also go the traditional route and uh, do a regular listing. Can I, I'd like to point out here, for our listeners, I buyers, the I is what, internet, I gather, perhaps? So there's uh, so many terms, no one knows yet. So everyone makes it a different thing. So there's uh, I buyers, meaning internet buyers, I buyers, meaning investment buyers, I buyers, meaning institutional buyers, which is that is what we use um, the term for at EXP okay. is institutional buyers, meaning people who buy 50 plus homes or more per year in cash. So we know that they're real deal buyers. Okay, well, I think that's important to point out because there's a big difference between a company saying, uh, we'll buy your house if it doesn't sell. That's like a traditional listing. If it doesn't sell, the brokerage, uh, some form of contract has agreed to buy it, often at a pretty hefty discount. That's the only way they do it. iBuyers has opened a whole new realm, even over asking price. And it's uh, amazing of what is coming up, what they're doing, and who's getting in the market. As we know now, there's iBuyers, Open Door, Offer Pad, Zillow, and now Keller Williams has made a big announcement. It's getting involved. And folks, I, I can't say they all are going to make you an identical offer. I, I'm not saying you go to all of them and try to get an offer. But if you get it from one, I don't know. What's, what's your thoughts on that, Ryan? Yeah, so lots of different things. So, um, you know, I have not gotten an offer for all of the different ones at one time. So at this point, I've, um, I have submitted a offer. So let's talk about the iBuyer program uh, real quick. So what, what I did is I, um, so if you've ever been involved in wholesaling, uh, where you go out and you find a property that's in disrepair, typically, uh, you know, some, the, the kitchen's gone or, you know, a wall is bad or whatever the case may be, the roof is missing. Um, you know, you, you drive around town, you find a, a property in your neighborhood, you can tell that that thing is, that's, that's the one that you don't want your kids playing in, you know, they go and right. like, stay away from that house, Johnny, or whatever. Um, so those homes, you can then uh, call that property owner, you do some research and you call that property owner and ask them if they'd be interested in selling it. Well, back in the day, um, you could be a wholesaler, me, uh, the middleman, basically go out and do all that work, put it under contract and sell it to an investor for a markup price, right? So now though, uh, and that, that used to be kind of the way of the world for that type of market. Now with the iBuyers, so Zillow, Open Door. Um, Keller Williams new program EXP, instead of having someone go out and find these homes and then mark up the price, 
we're actually just going, finding the homes and going directly to the, uh, the buyer and having them buy it outright. So they save a tremendous amount of money when they buy it for, from us when, they're, when we're doing the discounted uh, price. Now, we do also have some of the buy and hold type of deals. Now, you mentioned with Zillow in the article we'll talk about here in a minute, they're paying sometimes 102, 105% of list value, which is just yeah. crazy. Yeah, I, I, uh, I think months back it, it was 97.5% of list price. But now there are times you're coming in up to 104, pushing 105% of list price. Now, that may be what the person's getting, but let's talk about no free lunches. What is Zillow charging? At one time, Zillow and the other ones involved in iBind were charging up to 12%. Now, I'm not going to make them sound totally greedy because part of that might have been a big portion might have been it needed substantial repairs, painting, carpeting, whatever. Okay. And some of them, of course, were turnkey and needed very little. You just dealt with one. I think it needed $900, according to Zillow of repairs, on an 840,000 offer or something like that. Yeah, so for her house, it's dated a little bit. You know, it's 20 years old, great community, tracked home. Um, nothing's wrong with the home. Uh, nothing's falling apart. It's livable, right? So remember, there's three types of properties in, in most people's opinions. There's fully remodeled, HGTV, boom, move-in ready. Uh, that's, that's topic one. Topic two would be uh, someone, something that is livable. Like you could move in today and live there. And then the third would be uh, needs repairs, right? So needs right. a flip or remodel. Hers was in the middle, a uh, little bit dated, things of that nature, but you can move in right now, gated neighborhood. ARV of that home when fully remodeled was a 910, 915. Um, her house, she got an offer from Zillow for 850,000. And then they went and took a look at it. And then they came down to $833,000 after fees and everything. That's what they say. Uh, They're going to do one final inspection. That is going to be with the actual contractors and investors. Um, She was saying, though, that the agent from Zillow or the representative, I forget the name of the company, Active Realty, I believe, um, they said that the, the contractors or the inspectors may never actually come and do that second and final. So the, the number that they got, she may get. And if she does get that number, it is a very solid number for her. But make sure I understand this. Say, say 830, 833 yep. or something. Yep. And it might go as high as she did $1,000 for repairs because that's all Zillow wanted to do. Okay. And uh, she put it up for... 910 that's a pretty substantial spread even if she pays five six percent commissions on that she might walk away with ten or fifteen thousand dollars more money however i think one of the big appeals of i buy buyers is convenience yes they don't worry about inspections they're not worried about all cash they're not worried about contingencies will another house sell They're not worried about any of those. And these guys can close in record time. So they can go on and buy another house, put it under contract, what have you. And uh, with the money behind them, it makes it uh, an awful tough competitor to beat. Yeah, and so um, her offer is a fantastic offer. I mean, I I really think that she's getting, like you said, We also forgot to mention, she lives out of state too, right? So her and her husband live out of state. This is a rental property for them. They now just it's a little more complicated. Right. They know that the market is peak market, right? So they're like, how do I exit out of this property and take in the most amount of value? And uh, so they got a Zillow offer. They came to me. They were like, hey, let's get a uh, express offer. And now here's the interesting thing. Um, the express offer requires a property condition report and some pictures. So we don't have the pictures, so we can't submit it for uh, a thing. And then she also doesn't want the tenants to know that this is potentially going up for sale. So um, yeah, this is an interesting case. Uh, the tenant is a clergyman and he's been a tenant for, uh, I think she's had it 14 years. Yeah. I believe she asked the local church or whatever, and they recommended the pastor 
And I mean, hardly ask for a better tenant. And over 14 years, he's been on time and it's an ideal tenant. And uh, the only thing she's paid for that a little is she doesn't want to up the rent too aggressively, what have you. But it's it's close to what it could bring. Well, okay. yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's pretty like if she does some of those repairs that it talks about, she's pretty far off thousand dollars a month, you know, because her, yeah. her rents pull thirty five. She's charging twenty five. She hasn't right. raised rents in like five, six, seven years. Doesn't have a management property on the on the deal, um, which is totally fine. But we we also mentioned to her, hey, instead of selling, you could do, you know, the whole get a property management refinance your home because they owe very little which was really cool remember so they're gonna they're gonna be making a good a good uh chunk of change on this property when they sell hundreds of thousands if they sell it properly right which we'll talk about here in a minute but um yeah so they're gonna make hundreds of thousands of dollars selling it and then obviously the person renting it is going to be out of it a little bit but they would they would they talk they said if anything happens you know you'll get a 60-day notice because that's another thing about these i buyers you can negotiate the closing date. So, um, and that's with express offers, that's with Zillow offers and all that. You can have a five-day close, like, hey, I'm ready to sell and get out of here now. Or you can also do, we want to close in 60 days, um, right. that type of thing. Right. So you can give someone the ample time to move out or uh, any of those things as well. Right. Yeah, it was a fascinating case because it had several facets. And one of them, I think she... Uh, gravitated towards the most was keeping the property. She really didn't want to displace the pastor. Even though she's getting a little lower rent, she's had him for 14 years and she wanted to keep the property. And, but she also wanted to expand. I call it dumbbells. You know, you're going from the five pounders, 10 pounders to the 15 pounders. And she wanted to uh, increase their portfolio and one way would be to refinance record low rates, refinance, not a lot, just a little on the property, a couple hundred thousand, two, three hundred thousand, their rent would definitely service it and buy another house. Now on this house, she's going to gain rent. It'll have a mortgage as well because she's not putting 100% down, but it'll gain appreciation and she'll have depreciation. So if she stayed in the house she's in and did nothing, She's going to have appreciation on about eight hundred forty thousand. If she borrows two or three hundred thousand, buys a half million dollar property, she's going to have appreciation on an additional five hundred thousand. That's how you play monopoly with real houses. Yeah, and this was the most interesting strategy, in my opinion, because we talked to her about doing a ten thirty one exchange yes. from her one property to another or multiple properties, um, but. Going back to the whole, I don't want to displace someone that I've grown, you know, very close to over that many years, they've paid on time. So how smart is that? And that was the smartest move, in our opinion, to, to do this, because she's still considering, but you could simply take, you know, like you said, uh, refinance, get yourself, you know, 500 grand cash out of it, because there was plenty of room to refinance this property. And you don't want to go all out, you're not going to do a full refi, but refi half. Go buy a property. Even they live out of state. So what if you bought a new property instead of California, where it's like stupid right. prices? You go to Texas. You go to Alabama. You go to Alabama, Indiana. Georgia. Yeah. She Georgia. could buy a gorgeous house, four bedroom, three bath, twenty seven hundred square feet, brand new, uh, builder's warranty, for about three fifty. She could yeah. pay all cash. Think of that. Yeah, she have no mortgage. Yeah. And, and you do it in the high dollar community, right? Yeah. So Because here, high dollar community paying $2 million. Georgia, you go to a nice community in Atlanta and surrounding areas, like you said, 350-500, huge home, gated community even possibly. And you can really have a really great aggressive rent there. Now, what also she can do is I hope the pastor lives to be 110. And may he want to live there forever. But what if he retires? What if he becomes ill? What if he passes away? And now there isn't that connection. That could be a year from now, five years from now. She can exchange or consider selling that property when he's no longer the issue and do a 1031 exchange. So it didn't close the door for her. 
Right. She will have no taxable event because borrowed money is not taxable. So if she borrowed three to 500,000, I mean, to me, it's just a win-win situation. But as we know, some people are a little intimidated by it or complacency. She rears its ugly head and you kind of sit back on the couch and say, yeah, but maybe next week. And that's really my biggest job, Ryan. You know, you know how I work is following up, nudging, eating until they finally say, no, I've really considered it. I'm not going to do it. Okay, how about I check with you in six months? All things change in time and circumstances. And sometimes I've seen it three, four years later, sons out of college. They don't have to send checks in for 40, 50 grand or more, whatever. A lot of reasons, okay? They may change their mind. But the person who really wants to say, how is she or he doing so well? Well, they have eight rental properties. That's yeah, exactly. And the one interesting thing too for them is they are entrepreneur minded. So when we started talking about this, like you said, I loved when you said it, real life monopoly. And most yes. people don't get that part, but it is, yeah. right? So real life monopoly, you 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 get a couple of homes on your street and then you buy a motel later on or or you or a four, four, five, six plex. You know, you you uh continue to 1031 up on that. And that kind of opened her mind to, oh yeah. yeah. You know, because- I call it going from Mediterranean Avenue, to Marvin Gardens, you know, the cheap old <laughs> yeah, property, yeah. the rent's 90 bucks with two hotels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get her over to Kentucky or whatever, ultimately to uh, Broadway, Park Place, what have you. Now, I'd like to, if I can take a moment, because I think it's so fascinating. I had a referral a, a few days ago. The woman's in New York. We're going to change gears a bit, but it's still exchanging. And she had gone under contract and closed on her property, but she had engaged a 1031 exchange QI qualified intermediary to be the recipient of the money. Okay. You don't ever want to get a check because that's considered construction, constructive okay, uh, possession of the, of the money. So she had a, a qualified intermediary. Now she's looking, that's how I became involved. What should she do? The first thing I asked her is, why did you get rid of the property you had? She had a condo she made a million five on in New York City that she bought many years ago. Oh, I'm just so tired of tenants and toilets and whatever. Never had a bad tenant, but just she's retired. She doesn't want it anymore. But then she looked around at Delaware, uh, Delaware Statutory Trust, uh, tenant and common ticks, you know, buildings that you take an interest in. And she says, but they all suck. They pay three and a half, four percent. I said, but that's that's the heck of it. You opted to get out of that. The only way you're going to even come close is maybe go back and exchange in other property. And she said, I don't want the hassles. So she settled on Orlando and guess what she wanted to pick Airbnb. Okay. And drop maybe a half a million, a million dollars in Airbnb. And this is where I think you and I shine. And I talked to a broker I know in Orlando and she said, Tom, now's the worst time in the world. She said, COVID is just decimated. Normally there's 250, 300 properties I have access to. Today there's 25, maybe 30. The owners of the Airbnbs are not showing pro formas or P&Ls because it's so bad. It's so ugly, whatever. And of course, this turned that gal off totally. I don't blame her. That's pretty right. aggressive to pay. By the way, these properties that were for sale, over asking price, multiple offers. Yeah, I so can't like that. In good faith, tell her, go pay more than you should, and it's not performing. Right. Well, and that's... <laughs> So that, that's interesting topic too, because I do have friends that are doing the Airbnb model and then yes. they're selling the house as a business, not selling the house as a house. Okay. So like they're, they're, so a $400,000 house is selling for 600,000 because they do have the pro forma to say, look, your house will earn you 700 grand next year. If, and I'm all for that. If a couple of things, because Key West, we have a lot of Airbnbs. We did have a lot down here. Uh, a, it's got, the numbers got to make sense, okay? And you know one of the best ways to put the seller against the wall when the seller says, I did 90000 last year in rentals? Okay. Ask to see their real estate schedule on their tax return. 
You don't want to see their tax return, what they make on the side or as professions, nothing to do with you. You want to see the real estate schedule and you'd be amazed 90,000 suddenly is 30, whatever. Because how else are you going to verify it? I would never accept it from someone, someone's word. Okay. Well, the interesting okay. thing with the Airbnb model is they can actually print out the profit loss per house that they're doing that deal on. Right, right. Unless somehow they're wheeling, dealing in cash. All I'm saying is you would think it would match with what they reported to the IRS. Yes, exactly right. Exactly. The second thing I caution people on, is suddenly they have, uh, uh, they're enraptured by Airbnb in Key West because there became so many Airbnbs, they passed a transit law. And anything rented under 28 days, if you're not already doing it grandfathered in like a hotel or whatever, you need a transient license. Well, that's cool. Well, when you apply, it takes five years for them to make a determination and they're gonna say no. Yeah. You know who's behind that? The hotel industry. They're losing action. So they don't want mom and pop doing Airbnb down here. So folks, I don't care what city you're in, you make sure it has a license, it's legitimate, it can be grandfathered in, and it's transferable. At close, you want to make sure all the I's are dotted and T's are crossed that you're getting this, you'll have the same ability legally as the seller did. You don't want to suddenly find out they shut you down. Now, in Key West, they catch you once, citation, I think it's $500. They catch you twice, advertising, Airbnb, it's a $5,000 fine, and they enforce it. They even have, <coughs> excuse me, a sheriff here, they call it a sheriff, and she calls, adds, Ryan, your little cute two-bedroom, can I pay for that with a credit card? Go ahead and secure that. <clears throat> then they meet you at the property, and guess what? They write you a citation. Oh my gosh, that's that's, yeah. that's pretty tricky right there. Yeah. So um, I know we got off on a little bit of a tangent. Let's jump over back to the uh, iBuyers program. I'm going to go ahead and share one of the articles and we'll cover that. So that way Good. people can um, see what we're talking see, about yeah. a little bit more detail here. So let's go ahead and pull up the iBuyer share. The And Ryan, I think you agree. If uh, they would like a copy of this, maybe they can't find it for some reason or whatever. Excuse me. Just email us and uh, we'll make sure we send you a copy. Yeah, 100% for sure. sure also, you leave you us can, your email address. Yeah. And also, you can reach us on Instagram. You can reach me at win with Ryan on Instagram, win with Ryan. And then you can also reach Tom at Tom Brainstorming, Tom Brainstorming on Instagram. But also, Tom, what's your email? Because some people do prefer that instead of Instagram. Okay. It's my first name, Thomas, period. Last name, Phelan, P like Paul, H-E-L-A-N at exprealty.com. Perfect. Please do that. Yeah. At exprealty.com. Yeah. Put yours up there too. Now, when we do articles, when I'm the one who finds it or originates, I send it to Ryan. I, I'm a stickler. I like to highlight uh, what I think are real salient points. And some people it may be distracting, but it means we can cut through a lot of it. Now, I won't say it's filler, but it's not as as uh, germane or dramatic. Okay, but uh, go ahead, uh, tell me what sure. you thought about the article. Yeah, I've, I loved it. So first and foremost, this is the one that got me the most excited. We'll cover the Keller Williams one in a second, but I buyers bounce back after pandemic hiatus. Um, because obviously we know last year there was craziness in the marketplace. Um, no one knew what was going on. The prices have extremely gone up. And uh, personally, I got into real estate through working with investors and wholesaling and so on. And a lot of them were being very, very tight with their offerings. They didn't know wow. where the pricing was going to go. Uh, and then after that, just recently, they got tight again because of the construction costs. And so it's just... Um, you know, it, it, to the to the bold go the spoils or whatever that is. Um, right now, if you're an investor in the marketplace and you've been in it for years, and you're brand new, whichever one, you've got to take a little bit of risk and you got to be smart and calculated risk. So when you're buying these properties, you're you know what I found is they did slow way down, but now they're picking back up. So what it says here is I buy a short 
for instant buyers. Uh, mostly stopped buying homes in 2020 because of COVID. <clears throat> now iBuyers have come back strong and they're wooing home sellers by making aggressive offers. Uh, as a result, the three biggest iBuyers, which is Open Door, OfferPad, Zillow, offers hit new highs for buying activity during the second quarter of 2021. So just right now, what we just experienced was their highest activity in quite some time. So I think that's worth noting too. This is during a period across the country in most cities of uh, over asking price, okay, offers, multiple offers. So they're doing this. And can you imagine if the market softens, they'll still be buying because they have the deep pocket to do it. They're going to go crazy when the market softens, you know, and, and, and as, as will regular buyers and as will other investors outside of iBuyers. I mean, they're, so what I've also been reading a lot of is pent up demand from buyers, right? So a lot of buyers, even the ones that I speak to, you know, I've, I've got my, my, my funnel full of uh, leads. They like literally 90%. So I'm trying to have a sales talk with them. Right. But also being understanding, but 90% are like, we're going to wait till the market cools down. Well, it is starting to cool down in some markets. Uh, California is a little different. I, I think more of a plateau may happen here than a dip. I don't see California market crash, uh, something like that, but the iBuyers are being extremely aggressive and competitive. I don't think you'll see a replay of 2008. It was different factors. Yep. Uh, a lot of high mortgage properties, whatever. Uh, so I don't think it's going to tank. I agree with you. I think it'll hit some plateaus, maybe go up again, maybe go down for a little bit, what have you. So it's a different, it's a different playing game. And these people are coming in all cash, close quickly. Wow. I mean, that's a, that's a seller's dream. It really is. I mean, because there's so many factors when you're selling your home. One, do you want people? So here's one thing, right? Uh, so many factors. Let's go through. Um, I was going to bring up one that was the most important to me is when you sell your house, you're going to have 30, 40, 50 people walking through your house if you have a good realtor and knows how to market it and you have an open house, right? Um, so if your house isn't vacant, your personal property is in there. It's scary to have that going through. Not to mention, like you said, there is the COVID thing out there, which people are still scared of, and then the variant coming around and so on. So you got that factor. The price, um, if let's say you you go in and you put your house up on the market, most markets are you know 14 to 30 days on the market before you get a, a, a offer that you want to accept. Um, so you got 30 days there. You had to pay a mortgage for the month. The next month you're in escrow for 30 days. You pay another mortgage. Now you're you know, let's say your mortgage is two grand. Now you're four grand that you didn't have. You could have used that. It kind of counters out the money that you'd be losing, you know? Well, also, if an inspection is held and it comes in with a thousand or five thousand dollars worth of legitimate repairs, now the buyer can back out or you probably are going to negotiate. OK, yeah. yeah. And, 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 that, and that's a huge concern. Also today, and I've seen this repeatedly, and I bet you have too, Ryan, is staging. Yeah, the buyer, the seller might be have a recommendation. Uh, Chief folks, I know you love your gun collection or your doll collection or whatever, but we got to get rid of some of this stuff. I'd like to have a professional stager come in and talk about making it, you know, more presentable for everyone of the broadest base, and that can cost everywhere from a couple thousand thousand dollars for a small home or a condo, perhaps up to. I just watched my million dollar listings on TV. And it was like 18,000 just to store their furniture when they had it staged. That's not counting staging. Yeah. So that, that could be another factor. Well, it's funny you mentioned that too, because right now with all those factors, literally one of my current buyers, we went and showed them a property. It's a $500,000 house, like fully remodeled. This house is in <laughs> really bad shape. You walk in, the ammonia from cat pee hits you in the face. Yes, and, I know that. <laughs> it's like there's children's hands that were dirty all over the walls because it stops at about three feet, you know. And uh, you walk through the property. My poor buyers, they're, this is what they can afford in that price range. Okay, it's going to be a fixer. We walk in, yep. we walked out. They didn't want it. But I called my friend who's an investor. Yeah. Um, and also the iBuyer program. I called both. And um, for me, I called my friend first and I was like, hey, 
here's this property. Would you be interested? It's a 500, 510. You know, I can probably get it for you at 400. And um, he was like, well, what do you bring into the table? You know? And so I was like, well, I'll bring some cash and I'll bring the deal. And so uh, we are going to be flipping the home. However, little caveat, the agent didn't tell us that there was a working escrow because it's that active, right? So there's a working escrow on the property, Cal FHA. So if it, it's an FHA and it's also California FHA, which is extra stringent, well, the yes. loan got approved, which congratulations on the loan got approved, but the inspection, like you just said, and also the appraisal has not come in. So, you know, fingers crossed, we can you know buy it with cash and do the flip, but right. um, and I don't see this house passing the inspection. I don't see this house getting appraised, like you just said. So a cash buy is the best option. Yeah. Well, real quick for you fixer-uppers out there, my wife and I bought a fixer-upper once. She wouldn't go in. And that's when I know it's a good deal. It's too scary. Uh, and it reeked of cat urine, like you said, carpeted. Uh, we tore it out. We sanded the floors and we put kill. There's a product called kill. Excellent. We left the windows open uh, for about a week straight, 10 days straight, and it got rid of it. But I'll tell you, if you don't, if you're not prepared for that, a little bit of aerosol or something is not, Febreze is not going to cure it. <laughs> no, there is no cure except for, like you said, ripping it, it down. Out. Yeah, you yeah. rip it all out, you sand it down, you put the kills over it, and then all of a sudden you got a normal home again, which, right. and again, this is the thing that a lot of people, so the other thing is that seller doesn't realize that those things need to be done. And, you know, my buyers were like, how do people live like that? And, and I, I mean, it's sad. Some people, they get in a state of, you know, whatever, where they have a hardship and things, they get into a bad situation, but that seller needs to sell that property and they need to net as much money as possible, obviously, because they're in a bad spot, right? They need money. Right. But like in reality, this home, I don't see it being appraised. I don't, especially in FHA, how tight they are. Um, so going through that stress of now they're excited. Yes, we sold our house for, and they're only selling it for 25 grand more. So they're going to get 425 instead of 400, right? They're all excited. Right. That emotion is going to freaking hit like a ton of bricks if it doesn't go through too. And so also for that yep. buyer of that home that's getting excited, they think they're going to get it all these factors come into play. So, um, you know, that's another great thing for institutional buyers. They're out there to help. You know, it, a lot of people think all oh, these investors are out there to rip people off. You know what? Most of these investors that I know that are doing high volume deals, they're, they're in it for base hits. They're not looking for home runs. They're, they're there to make a ton of deals volume over, you know, the, the, the one big deal for the year. And um, it takes a lot of work to do these properties, too. Oh, absolutely. My wife and I did almost 50 wholesales one year. And uh, a lot of times we'd put a price in, we'd get it, we'd buy it, we'd, and assign it, which is a whole other subject, an assignment. And uh, we'd meet someone at a Denny's called in my offices where they conveniently located. Yep. And over a cup of coffee, they'd hand me an envelope with $5,000 cash, which I reported on my income tax. But anyway, it was cash and carry. And I signed that, that uh, uh, contract over to them and they closed on it, fixed it up and hit the home run. But we did enough per month that it was very, very lucrative. And then we hit some that didn't need a whole lot of repairs that we made $50,000 on a yep. simple turn of just wholesaling it. But that was an apartment house worth a lot more money, probably took a little more moxie to do it, what have you. Uh, it's tougher today to do that uh, because a lot, so much of it is done by the internet. And this is a weird analogy. But last night, Ryan, uh, one of the things I like to watch on occasion is uh, World Poker Tour. Oh, I and, love that, yeah. Uh, yeah, and last night, uh, the top six guys were all under 27 years old. It's a young man. There are a few women, but a lot of them don't make it to the final table. It's a young man's game where 10 years ago, they'd be in their 50s, 60s, 70s, maybe even some 80s, what have you. Yeah, Doyle Brunson, man. He's the, yeah, the and, <laughs> and these young guys learned what? On the internet. Yeah. They learned how to calculate the rules, what to do, and all the, the nomenclature. 
whatever, and they're formidable. I'm telling you, it's where it's going with iBuyers and the way things are happening. It's where it's going with real estate. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because the people that are playing poker online can get, you know, 10 years worth of experience in a month. Like it used, you don't have to go to the gambling hall. You don't have to yes. go and sit at a slow yes. table. These yes. guys are playing five or six tables at once online and it's, yeah, they get crazy. So yeah. Um, yeah. also, so let's go back. So for anyone concerned that the iBuyer model wouldn't be popular in a seller's market, the evidence shows that it is a resonating with consumers more than ever. And market conditions are in fact fueling the growth. The four major iBuyers right now are Open Door, OfferPad, Zillow Offers, and Redfin Now. They made bids over 104% of market value during the first half of the year. And uh, it says here, why? Well, I think the big part is that Open Door is a public company and needs to demonstrate strong revenue. And I think that's exactly it. And I want to remind people, if you're concerned with a wholesaler coming in and you think, trying to steal your home or is, you know, what should it be? Number one, you might entertain a realtor. And I'd like to pick a point here, Ryan, but have some of these people give you a quote. If they're saying a hundred thousand, making simple math, a hundred, hundred and one, 99, five, whatever. And the wholesaler saying 80, guess what? You don't need the wholesaler. Yep. Okay. Now this brings up a question, Ryan, do you foresee in the future, like the woman you and I are dealing with who has a house to sell for 8.30. She's savvy, her husband's savvy. However, do you see where she might want your services for a fee to walk her through it and just make sure everything's kosher and handled right? Her, her, she has one other alternative, in my opinion, that's a real estate lawyer. Yep. And he probably wouldn't talk to him for less than a couple of grand. I can see possibly realtors becoming facilitators or advocates that they don't get a commission or even a large chunk, but you might do three or four of these a month at a thousand dollars. I'm just saying, I can see the possibility existing where uh, someone steps in to uh, be on the seller side. All right, Tom, let's, let's write up the business plan because I love that model, <laughs> right? Come on now. Holy yeah, moly. Yeah. We're gonna be uh we're gonna be real estate consultants for helping you on your iBot. Yeah, because wasn't she hesitant even with the offer? Because you know oh. it's the old thing. I offer you a solid price on the car you're selling. Now you get queasy. Well, is he taking advantage of me? I priced it right. too low. It now too suddenly the greed gland starts swelling. Yeah, no, totally. Okay. And that's very it, right? So in and because there's not that much transparency. And that's the problem with real estate altogether. There's not much transparency. Everything is like, even when you're doing a transaction, like my, all of my buyers are like, oh my gosh, what's the top offer? Well, the seller's agent, oh, you know, I can't tell you that it's somewhere above listing. It's like, dude, just yeah. let's be transparent and tell us what it's at. The person that wants the most will buy it. And everyone's right. all tricky. You know, it's like, come on, this is you're, you're like, especially in this type of market. Yeah. And if they seller's market, these selling agents, they get so cocky. They like, I've seen write-ups on the MLS. Don't contact me. Just send offers well above asking. That's the only thing we'll consider. I'm like, dude, like this is like, you took the person, like you took the relationship out of it. I mean, I get it because you are probably getting 50, 60 people calling you on every property yeah. in some of these markets yeah. and it could be overwhelming, but like, that's your job. So, you know, take it for your, for your client too. But it's changing because candidly, and I will apologize publicly on this podcast if I'm wrong, but we guarantee to buy your house that is listed with us at say 300, it doesn't sell, we will buy it for 269 or some pre-established price. It's always lower. lower. Yep. I haven't heard of that being a tremendous success. Yeah, I, haven't only heard, I haven't heard of we buy homes for all cash being, I mean, it's incredible um, successes because I know a guy who owns a regional area for We Buy Ugly Home. You know, the billboards for the caveman, whatever. Oh yeah, for sure. And he said, by the time they get a lead, it's in the thousands of dollars, a solid lead where they're negotiated. Okay, it costs a ton. And he said, my advertising for the billboards, it's national, but I had to chip in. I, I was like six grand a month. It was scary whatever, what he had to pay. So it wasn't that lucrative is what I'm saying. 
I have a son-in-law who's in uh, equities and they'll buy a company for a hundred billion dollars and they'll, they'll massage it for several years, get it up to 120 billion and sell it. Okay. That may be less than it could be 500 million, but they get it up to 600 million. These people are so cash strong. Like when Blackstone bought 5,000 homes at a time and people, how could they buy sight unseen? I mean, it could be a dog. And I know there probably were. And there once too that grandma got kicked out and the house was turnkey. Yeah. So they're going on averages. They're playing the numbers. Yeah. And having that much cash, like, like this statement says right here for revenue growth, that's what they're going for. Because they know that if they buy a bunch of them, some of them are going to be dogs that they can go put 20 grand in. And now it's a a diamond, you know what I mean? So, yep. uh, and it says here, while companies are paying full price for homes, they had been collecting fees that range as high as 12% of the sale and the average commission of a, trend, a traditional real estate sale by contrast is a fraction of that. So they got the hook, which we were talking about with our client, we were worried, hey, they offered you this, but what are they gonna you know, try to do to you on the backside? And we'll find that out Monday because they have their official close tomorrow. So we'll see if they try to do that, if they backed out and they're coming back to us or whatever the case may be. Right. I'm just hoping right. that she gets the money she wants and then she gets to you know, move on and we do a right. 1031 exchange and, and help her buy something. Right, and people note this, back to 1031 exchange briefly. If she decides to go with Zillow and take the offer when they, when they close, that money has to go to the qualified intermediary if she wants to do an exchange. Yep. Otherwise, the party's over. She That's can't right. get a check, not cash it and say, here it is. I'll just give this to the intermediary. No, it doesn't work that way. So a lot of times, 1031 exchanging, the strategy starts before you even list your house. And Ryan and I are here to help you. Okay, moving on. Yeah, so it says, according to Zavi, iBuyers average service fees dropped from 72 in 2020 to 5.1 in mid 2021. So they're not doing the rug pull as often. They're going no. forward with it. And that's probably because they see the trajectory of the market. It is still climbing. Like you said, there's no, um, I mean, this may be the peak, but there's still six, 12 months. I think this would be the smartest trend to watch. Yes. And this starts to change. That's when we know that the market is probably coming down soon, right? Because, yeah, because these, these, are the big, these are the big guys and gals, yep. they with the deep pockets. And if they slow down and start getting, if you start seeing it drop to, you know, most areas, the MLS has a list price to sell price. That's another yep. way of indications. Yes. Okay. Above offers, you'll see 101%. It sold for more than it was listed for. When the market's dropping, you might see it as low as in, in high 80s or something. Same thing here. Watch this. And I think, Brian, I'm not, like we need another chore, but I think what we can do, if uh, folks, if you email us and give us your email address or Texas, we will, uh, we're going to start compiling a report because we follow these articles. It's going to be uh, nothing brain twisting, just some simple facts of the markets up, the markets down, it stayed the same, whatever. So you can kind of have a barometer. Yes, absolutely. And then also, um, I know a lot of people, you mentioned this before, a lot of investors, um, people in the marketplace think that investors try to take advantage of them and take all their money. And it's very rarely that. In fact, um, all so in California, in Orange County, where I'm at, the deal of the century, the deal of the century for an Orange County property nets them 10%. And that's the, that's, and they're taking a major risk. So let's, and the average property in California is $1.5 million, right? Okay. So yes, they made 150 grand after they've fixed it and everything and did all that, but that's their risk fee because you have to understand a $1.5 million house to put repairs into that house is going to cost $1.5, $200,000 that people are not going to put in their home. So Calif Southern California, Orange County is a 10%. And then in LA County, because there's a way significantly higher amount of homes and turnover, it's usually about a 125 to 15% return on your investment there. So it's not like they're ripping huge numbers. And, and same thing here with uh, Zillow and they're doing that. So there is not that big of a difference between going with a real investor and then also selling your home with the uh, iBuyers of Zillow. 
these people are going to be doing work and it costs money to buy your house, hold your house, repair your house and all that type of stuff too. So if someone calls you and they're offering an opportunity to sell your home and your house is in one of those stages where it's like, you know, I don't invite my mom over because my house is too packed full of stuff, you know, uh, don't, you know, don't rule out selling it to an investor. They're, they're there to change the whole neighborhood by upping the value of all the homes there by repairing yours. Very true. Um, so the average concession charge for home repairs fell from 3.6 to 1.9. Uh, yep. And then it says here, with supply constrained and demand so high, certainty becomes everything. And uh, that meaning certainty of the pricing of homes. And they're really trying to. That it will close immediately. Yes. And so they're free to move on, to look cash in hand, or come right from one closing into another, where the typical inspection, appraisal, the bank's got to relook at it. All these things can take weeks, maybe months. So the certainty it's going to close is what they're, what they're offering, high buyers. Yeah, Very because I mean, I've even seen some homes that I have right now that is, um, you know, this house that we're selling is contingent that I find my replacement home, right? And so because of that, they're uncertain of different things in their factors as well. Yep. So the same thing for them. What if they found their home already? They're ready to buy. And then this house is still sitting on the market. They're, they need to sell that property. They could go to uh, iBuyers or us here at EXP and do the uh, express offers program, which is great. So uh, it says here, the pitch seems to be working. Zillow offers reported that it bought a record 3,805 homes in the second quarter of 2021. That was more than twice the first quarter volume. That's 15,000 homes a year. They're just one player. Yeah, that is, that's a lot of freaking homes. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Uh, let's see anything in here else that we should pop on. Um, open door promise to close quickly. Oh yeah, this right. So the pitch right here, it's extremely, the pitch appealed to Texas home seller Kenneth Powell when he decided to sell his home in Dallas suburb this spring. Powell considered listing the starter home with the real estate agent after Powell learned he'd get an identical price and pay similar fees by selling iBuyer, he chose that path, which is bad for realtors right now, right? And we're facing that. So you better bring some value as a realtor on how you can help your client. Open yep. door promised, he said, open door promised to close quickly and with no caveats. I know what a financing contingency is and what an, an inspection contingency is and the whole can of worms that can open, says Powell, a mortgage loan officer. Even with good pre-approvals and good pre-qualification, there's still a risk that it can fall through. So by selling the open door, Powell said, he netted the same amount he would have gone through a traditional sale, but without the hassle of marketing the home and without the uncertainty of an offer falling apart. Remember I told you I had a friend that moved from Oakland to uh, Los Angeles and she's on a pension and she sold her condo and she ended up paying it off and she had 500,000 cash. I do remember now, that, yeah. She only, she only qualified for a mortgage of about two, 250. And when she closed on her Oakland home, she was still, uh, she was under contract for a uh, condominium in Los Angeles. The lender did a recheck FICO, restatement of her debts. Well. In moving, she now had a two or $300 a month storage bill for her furniture prior to closing on the condo. That kicked her up in debt to income ratio, Ryan, and she didn't qualify any longer. Oh my gosh. Can you believe that? That is, that is absolutely awful. That's... And I can see you go out and buy a Bentley with $2,500 payments or something, but she's storing the property <laughs> that's rough that's rough and to lose your your next property because of something like that so but uh anyway so that is our conversation today on iBuyers again I hope that that was very helpful for you in getting that so the one thing that uh so let's say that iBuyer and listing with an agent nets you the same amount of money 
But, you know, depending on how you are, the type of personality, you may want that personal touch. You may want someone to walk you through. You may want someone to help you on the back end as well. And talking to a realtor may be the best option for you. So, but if you have any questions for Tom and I, don't forget, you can reach us on Instagram. You can reach me at, at win with Ryan and you can reach Tom at Tom brainstorm. And then you can also reach us at our email address, ryan.huggins at exp realty and thomas.phelan at exp realty. And that will be down in the description of the video and also the description of the podcast as well. Ryan, one quick closing note, say it were between an iBuyer and a realtor and the realtor, if the realtor savvy says, Ryan, if you list your house with me and then you're going to buy another house when this closes and you buy a house from me, I'll reduce the commissions on the buy side dramatically if I can do it or on this side and on the other side where I buyer, once it closes, they probably say goodbye, kiss, goodbye, see you later and could care less. That is huge. And so, I mean, you can, and be not huge. only that, but there's more stuff. What if I can help you with a moving package, right? Not pay for it, but I know a mover that I can get you to move with. Yes. I know I know I can help you switch your utilities, everything going forward. There's other stuff in there. So that brings me to the other thing, which we've talked about before. What is your value proposition for your clients? And that's kind yes. of what we talked about in this too. Yes. I buyers are strong and I buyers do work, but eventually those I buyers are going to go back to taking a huge fee. They're going to go back to, you know, right now they're just trying to gain market share lost leader. You're lucky if you're selling with them now, probably two years from now that lost leader. Oh shoot. We need to show some actual gains. So we better right. tighten up. So yeah, you know, that, that's all that. And then also the personal touch, like you said, I can help you sell your home. I can help you buy your next home. I can help you talk to the right people to set up your utilities, set up your move. And you can still net the same amount of money, you know, stuff like that as well. Right. Right. So, all right, Tom, Hey, I appreciate the conversation. Keep kicking butt out there in Key West. By the way, if anybody is looking to move to Florida, anywhere in Florida, let Tom know, cause he's got connections all over the state. And if anyone's looking to move to California, don't forget to hit me up as well. I'm here to help you. And uh, we appreciate everything. Also, if you're a realtor and you're listening to our podcast, and you are interested in joining a team that's growing and uh, can really help provide some great training. We are a part of Double Your Income Coaching as well. That's free to uh, access when you're a member of our team as well. So let us know. We're here to help you.